0: It's time for Tuesday Terror here on the Mutual Audio Network. Be sure to leave the lights on while you listen.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult.
2: You are
0: listening to audio drama in a darker shade at DarkerProjects.com. Darker Projects presents Tales from the Museum, a miniseries written by Charles Russell, starring Perry Whittle as Keith Nash. Hey there, Keith. About time you showed up. When did you drag yourself in?
3: Oh, midnight. Would have gotten here sooner, but I had some things to do.
0: Did you find the cabin all right? Been a few years since you've been up in these parts.
3: Went right to it. Just like I remembered it. No TV, no phone. Just right. Slept like a log.
0: Glad to hear it. Good to see you back up here, too. Always worries me when some of my best customers miss a couple of seasons especially one of the Nash boys. Your grandpa and me, well, we built this place, you know?
3: I've heard the stories. A few times. Missed you too, Pappy.
0: So, what you got on deck for your vacation?
3: Well, I'm gonna spend today just relaxing. Then, you're gonna tell me where they're biting. Then, I'm going there.
4: Hi there, Pappy.
0: Morning, Lisa. How's my favorite deputy?
4: Mean an ornery, Pappy. Tell me something, Pappy. Do you have a Keith Nash staying in one of your cabins? He works for the museum in Johnson City. Maybe. It's an emergency, Pappy. What sort of emergency? Don't know. We just know he's in one of the cabins up here somewhere. I even have a code word.
3: Code word?
4: <laughs> yeah. It's a weird one. I'm supposed to say... Vienna sausage casserole.
3: Pappy... Where's your phone? Office. Help yourself.
4: Are you Keith Nash? Yep. Johnson City Regional Museum, how may I direct your call?
3: Hilda, it's Keith Nash.
4: Oh, Keith, thank heaven somebody found you. I'll put you right through to the employee lounge. Casey should still be down there, I think. Please hold.
2: Everything okay?
3: Hard to tell with these people.
2: Boss, boss, that you?
3: Yeah, start talking.
2: Right, right. Where do I start? Uh, You left yesterday, a little afternoon. A couple hours after you left, Pierpoint calls Dr. Mancuso into his office. Then she leaves.
3: So? Helene's always being sent out on special assignments.
2: I know, but early this morning she tries to call here. Her signal's weak and Hilda, bless her, can barely hear her. But Hilda can make out the words help and in trouble. Then we lose her. Now she's not answering her phone.
3: Any explanation from Pierpoint?
2: El Hefe says that he got a call from Carter Community College. He said that they told him that they had a group of students up there near Lake Bristol. They were supposed to be digging up some old mining camp. And? The college was relaying a request for technical expertise from the field group, which makes you wonder what would need an archaeologist. Anyway, since they got that request yesterday, they've heard nothing from their team either. Pierpoint's been scrambling to get someone up there to find out what's what. Then, someone remembered you saying you were going to be vacationing up in that area. By the way, it wasn't me. Thanks for that. You're welcome. I'm saddling up too. I'm a couple of hours out, so please don't do anything weird until I get there.
3: No promises. Well? uh, Even on vacation those people can find me. Looks like a friend might be in trouble.
4: I'm supposed to drive you straight there.
3: I'll need a couple things out of my truck. After that, I'm all yours.
4: do you know the area, Mr. Nash?
3: Some parts of it pretty well. My family's from Crockett County. We used to come over here all the time, hunting and fishing. By the way, it's Nash. Just Nash.
4: That makes you related to Hiram Nash, right?
3: My grandfather. What do you know about this research group, Deputy Hedrick?
4: Lisa. Not much. They came up from the community college just a couple days ago. There were six students and a teacher. They're supposed to be excavating the old mining camp.
3: One of the old gold strikes?
4: Mm-hmm. Well, this area used to be full of them. They're all pretty much tapped out by the end of the Civil War. Their camp is off an old logging road just north of here. It's a remote area. Nothing much out there but bear and deer and mountain lions. The sheriff said their vehicles are parked off-road and we'll have to hike in a ways. You up for that?
3: any time.
4: Mr. Nash, you keep glancing over at me. Have I sprouted another head or something?
3: Actually, I was noticing your firearm. Not many cops pack revolvers these days. Smith & Wesson, 357.
4: Daddy always told me to stick with what works. And this works. What are you carrying?
3: What makes you think I...
4: Oh, please. You go to your truck and come back with a suspicious bulge under your arm. Just cause I talk slow don't mean I'm stupid.
3: 9 millimeter Beretta. Had it for a while now. Like you said, it works.
4: You got the right ticket for concealed carry?
3: Yes, I do. But thanks for checking. Not sure what to make of this. It's... Well, it's totally beyond anything I have.
4: It if it's line. for real,
3: anyway. Tape recorder. One Trying to see if it's got anything helpful. Remember that the regional museum in Johnson City has an archaeology department. I've sent Morris the town to call the college and have them make a formal request for some expertise. They're a couple of hours away, and I hope they have someone who can make some sense of this. Thanks, Mr. Marks. But your little audio log doesn't really do much to help me find my friend. Or your missing students. Or you. Ah, This laptop must have been left on all night. Battery's dead.
4: Well, there's no one in any of the tents. Looks like some folks came in, pitched camp, had supper, and then got up this morning and hiked off. Sounds like the setup for one of those stupid, teen, scary movies my son insists on renting.
3: Something else. My phone's the exact same model as Dr. Mancuso's. Look at this. I've got full signal. I could call Moscow and they'd hear me just fine. But when she called the museum, they could barely make out what she was saying before the signal faded out.
4: So she wasn't standing right here when she called. Hmm. Oh, something else. I found tracks. Looks like several sets. Heading north over there. Also, Nash, there's something moving in the woods behind you. Maybe ten paces.
3: There's something in the woods across the clearing, too. I just spotted them.
4: The students?
3: Can't tell. Why would they be sneaking around in the woods?
4: Look out!
5: Come on, Nash. Snap out of it. Come on.
3: Not so loud. What happened?
5: You and your friend over there. Hey there, Nash. We're jumped and roughed up by a pack of possessed community college students and their teacher.
3: Marks? They attacked us?
5: They threw the two of you in here a while ago. We're in an old mine. They've rigged a door out of some planks, so we're basically trapped in here. Your friend has a broken arm. I've splintered it as best as I can. I also took the protein bar you had in your jacket. I'm sorry, I was starving.
3: No problem. Thanks for propping me up. Hey, they left my pistol in the holster.
5: Yeah, mine too. Well, that's because they won't do a lot of good. Say again? Can you stand? Feel like walking? Let's see. Oh, Ah.
3: Okay. I'm up. I'm up!
5: I'll just hang here and guard the entrance. Take it easy. This way. Here's another flashlight. Watch your step. I got here late yesterday. One of the students met me in town. He brought me up here and they grabbed me. I was tossed in here and I tried to call for help but-
3: So what's going on?
5: What's going on is in this chamber. Against the left wall and the right wall.
3: Skeletons? Three skeletons. They're wearing uniforms.
5: Confederate cavalry. Their captain was over there. And that.
3: It's a sarcophagus?
5: Not in the classic sense of the word. Look at this. It's made of rocks and red clay. The clay came from a vein 30 feet further down the tunnel. The lid is wooden. It's kind of crude, but it looks like something that someone who had heard stories of what a sarcophagus looks like without seeing one might carve.
3: I hate asking this, but who or what was in here?
5: The captain. Nash, something very evil is walking around these hills. Something one of those students let out. I've seen it. It looks human, but Smells like a rotting corpse. The students I saw, they all had puncture wounds on their necks.
3: Helene, are you saying...
5: Nash, the only reason I'm not one of them is because I'm wearing this. It spooks them.
3: That's the crucifix your grandmother sent you for your birthday. Silver?
5: Pewter, it's really old. Remind me to never complain about her taste in jewellery ever again. Nash, pretty soon they'll be coming for you.
3: Let's get back to Lisa. Any other way out of here? Air shaft, maybe?
5: No. The tunnel dead ends at a solid wall of granite. Any ideas?
3: No. You?
5: Well, I've been whittling this piece of wood into a stake. Thanks for the Swiss army knife, by the way.
3: Everything okay, Lisa?
4: (laughs) Nothing's changed over here. What's our status?
3: Okay, we got two pistols, one crucifix, and one stake. Not much to work with, but I hope one of them should do the trick.
4: Not
1: entirely, sir. Silver would have that desired effect, as does a crucifix. Uh, The stake through the heart will also take care of the matter, but there is a certain specific technique to it. Ah, the gentleman and the constable both reach for their weapons. How predictable. Bullets a little more than an irritation to me.
5: It's him!
1: Him who? I have had many names over the years, sir, but you may call me Haven. Captain James Robert LaFontaine Haven, formerly of the 23rd Virginia Light Cavalry, at your service, sir. Dr. Mancuso and I have already met. I do hope my appearance has improved somewhat, Doctor.
4: This... he's bloody haven. You are our bloody haven.
1: I never cared for that appellation, but yes, I am. Hey?
4: he He's a local legend. <clears throat> Confederate cavalry officer. Yankees are terrified of him. He always used to lead his men into the thickest battles. Story is that he and his men would drink the blood of their fallen foes, eat their hearts.
1: A vampire? I've never cared for that particular appellation either. But guess.
4: Skeletons? Were they vampires too?
1: No, but I think they wanted to be. Three of my most loyal men. "'also mortally wounded. "'I do believe that this final resting place "'was the work of the last survivor of my troop. "'His name was Talmadge. "'He was a talented woodwright. "'I could easily see him bringing his comrades to this place "'and building this fine resting place for me. "'Yes, Talmadge was an artist and romantic at heart.' I remember how he was enthralled by the tales and ancient lore I would relate to around our campfires. He was from this area; he would know of these mines. I do wonder if he survived. War's are hardest on men like Talmage.
3: Were you wounded at Blake's Ferry?
1: No, sir. I was wounded in a skirmish several weeks after Blake's Ferry, although I was present at that battle. My men and I fell to a larger enemy force. I watched my men crumble beneath a withering, ganky onslaught.
5: So what happened to you?
1: It is very difficult to kill one of my breed, but you can wound us. I know I had several bullet wounds in my chest. My body must have gone into a dormant state while it repaired. To a casual observer, like Corporal Talmage, I would have appeared quite dead. a given time, my body did heal itself, but I was weakened, too weak to even lift the relatively light lid of my sarcophagus. There was nothing to do but bide my time and rest.
4: Until those students showed up.
1: Oh, indeed, Constable. I could hear them. I could sense them but I was too weak to summon one closer. But one of them, uh, one of the females, found the entrance to my tomb and entered. That's when I had her. Called her to my casket and ordered her to open it. She struggled with the lid, but she succeeded. And then I feasted on her blood. Then what? Well, then I used her to call one of her friends. Feasted on him as well. I had feed on all of them just to regain my strength. Are they dead or just under your control? I'm not a monster, Mr. Nash. I do not kill recklessly. So what are your plans? Plans? Oh, I plan to venture out into the world.
4: Well, things have changed a little.
1: Why, yes. Imagine my surprise. I wake in a time where the Vampire is not a villain. Oh, no! Here, I am a noble victim. Here, I'm a hero and, dare I say it, a romantic figure. I think I like it here. First, uh, I need some sustenance. Constable, would you please?
4: Get away from me.
1: You have no choice, my dear.
4: Let me go! Let me go! Nash! Help me!
1: Get away from her. Now. Poor Mr. Nash. There he stands. Battered and clinging to a pistol which he knows will not kill me. Heroic. Almost noble. But pathetic.
3: Haven, do you know what I really like about my job? Having the fog. I get to meet such interesting people. Local celebs, national dignitaries, intellectuals, even a few artisans.
1: Intriguing.
3: Including one very talented silversmith. Uh, oh. Ah. Uh,
1: I am immortal.
3: I do hope you enjoyed it. Helene, the steak.
4: Here, catch! Is it dead?
3: I really hope so.
5: You were serious? You really had some silver bullets
4: made up? I thought you were joking.
3: One clip of 9mm hollow points. It uh, seemed like a good idea.
4: Good idea? Sweetheart, how about a great idea? What's happening to him? Never watched
5: a horror movie. (laughs) He's disintegrating. He's ashes to ashes, dust to dust.
2: Hi, boss. I just dropped Dr. Mancuso at her place. She said she was going to go inside, take a bath, and sleep this whole thing off. Which sounds like a pretty good plan to me. You know, I could have just stayed at the museum and phoned this one in for all the good I did. Did they decide on a cover story for the college folks?
3: Well, it looks like the bite marks on their necks have already healed over. So I think we might go with the old hallucinogenic fungus in the casket scenario. You know, just in case someone does ask. Pierpoint will have a team out here tomorrow to haul in the sarcophagus. There's supposed to be some guys from the Civil War Association coming along. Anyway, I'm going to finish up here at the Sheriff's office, then head out myself.
2: Right. Well, I'll see you next week sometime. Enjoy your vacation, or, you know, what's left of it.
4: Well, hey,
3: Lisa, how's the arm?
4: It hurts, but... Doc says I'll be able to play the tuba in no time. Good. Now all I need to do is take some tuba lessons. Oh. (laughs) Well, Nash, I wanted to ask you something. This whole thing, vampires, silver bullets, missing students, I noticed that the whole time that you and Dr. Mancuso, it was like it was no big deal to you.
3: Yeah, you should see my job description.
4: Does it include and monsters?
3: Actually, it does. Unofficially. Wow. Remember what you said about hearing the museum was haunted? Well, it is. I run into this sort of thing a lot. The museum acts like a lightning rod for all sorts of, uh, phenomena. Oh. There's something like a hundred people working at that museum. Only a few of us see it.
4: You, Dr. Mancuso?
3: A few others. I bet you would too.
4: You know, my son, he is gonna love this story.
3: That's right, you mentioned a son. You married?
4: Witted. My husband was in a recon unit in the Gulf. It happened about two years ago.
3: I was there for the first go-round myself. Didn't care for it. You gonna be able to drive like that?
4: Dad it. I can call someone to pick me up.
3: Nothing doing, deputy. How about we get something to eat, and I drive you back to your place?
4: Well, I don't want to be a bother.
3: No bother. I'm on vacation, remember? The only pressing issue with me is to go fishing.
4: Fly fishing? What if I told you I know a place on a river where even a baby trout are two feet long?
3: I'd say you've just become my new best friend. Come on.
4: You're wrong.
0: You've been listening to Tales from the Museum, Bloody Haven. Featured in this episode were Perry Whittle as Keith Nash, Amanda Fitzwater as Dr. Helene Lancuso, Alistair Stewart as Casey, Shane Harris as Pappy, Alice Garcia as Deputy Lisa Hendrick, Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard as Hilda, Stephen Scott as Marks, and David Smith as... As Captain James Robert Lafontaine Haven CSA. Original music composed by Joey Stuckey and Kevin McLeod. The series is produced by Ellie Hirschman. Post-production work by Greg Wilkinson. The executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects production. If you enjoyed this production, why not book a vacation at Chestnut Grove Cabins in the woods of Granger County, Tennessee. No TV, no phones, just miles of woods. And you.
3: You're listening to Tuesday Terrors on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is our weekly anthology for science fiction and fantasy as Lothar Tuppen brings you Wednesday Wonders. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of amazing audio or find the Wednesday Wonders feed in your favorite podcast player.
0: And thank you for listening everybody.
4: The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.